Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, Jay Harvey. It's always good to be back here, Jim. Always glad to be with you, Jay, especially in this series when we're talking on Viewpoint as this new year dawns about hardwiring and mm-hmm. how the science of DNA, of human genetics, is informing us about who we are. Sometimes people think that that science kind of defines us and there are things we can't change. Others are suggesting, no, wait a minute. Maybe there are things that we can learn about that will help us change to become better. Right. There's some dialogue here. There's some mm-hmm. conversation to be had in this exciting new age of knowledge where the science of human genetics is really throwing open doors for us about who we are and who we might become. Stay with us. Okay, Jay, I know that you haven't taken your DNA test yet. You keep promising right. that you will, but you're still out to lunch a little bit. You're doing homework. I get it. I, I know, Jim. I'm just hardwired that way. I procrastinate, <laughs> oh, okay? Oh, so it's a good a procrastinator setup. procrastinator because of his DNA. <laughs> That's right. I get that. You know, I need to use that too. Yeah. I did my test, but when it comes to filing my taxes, yeah. well, don't get me going. <laughs> All right. So, But it's a great segue. Yeah. Honestly, are you wired? Are any of us wired to be procrastinators or maybe to be detail-oriented? Or maybe I'm a musician mm-hmm. or maybe I'm much more of an engineer. I mean, we have all these stereotypes, configurations of the human uh, brain and temperament and proclivities that have become pop standards, almost as if truth has been proven because right. we have popularly concluded mm-hmm. that, well, I'm just made that way. Mm-hmm. Right. But right. We, we live in an age where actually science is unpacking some of those ideas. So we have DNA tests we can take. You don't have to go to a hospital to do it. You can just sign up with 23andMe or Ancestry.com or Family Tree or any number of other commercial enterprises that are helping people understand more about their DNA. I have done it, Jay, mm-hmm. and you know that I have, and it's been fascinating for me. I've learned a lot about my physicality. In other words, the color of my eyes, the shape of my earlobes, the thinning of my hair, even my propensity to run and not lift weights. I mean, I, I had a whole report about how my DNA predicted that I would run different than someone who might be more interested in bodybuilding. Wow. And you know what? Those are not things I discovered through my test. They're things that I've discovered are predicted in my hardwiring. Gotcha. In the map of my cells, there are certain indicators that suggest these outcomes, and they are me. Wow. It's so fascinating. Mm -hmm. But there's another department of genetic science that isn't so far along and developed, and that's the study of how our temperament or our personality Mm -hmm. actually is hardwired. Is it really? There have been some theories about that, but it's not been a slam dunk as science has actually mapped out the human genome, the way in which science is still rapidly advancing, trying to find, is is there a gene sequence, for instance, that predicts Alzheimer's? Right. Finding out whether or not I'm mellow or high strung that's not been so easy to determine exactly. on that genetic code. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of debate about this now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay, you've probably heard of twin studies. Yes, I have. I mean, they're, they're a natural pool, you might think, for right. research in this area. Because even without having the capacity to map a human genome, mm-hmm. we know that identical twins are 
well, identical. Exactly. <laughs> so if you study pairs of identical twins, how they diverge from childhood to adulthood and their personality types, for instance, are there things in common they share? Is, so if you have identical twins who look identical, mm-hmm. and by the age of 40, they're still acting identically, mm-hmm. well, then that would suggest that that's been determined by their DNA. Right. What science has determined over many decades of study is that about 40% of identical twin temperament mm-hmm. or personality seems to be genetically driven. Okay. And that's a, that's a substantial right. piece. It but is. that says that 60% isn't. Mm-hmm. Now, the nature of those studies, the metrics they use, could be argued as somewhat subjective. But let's just accept on the face that identical twins have certain ways of living and seeing the world and personality uh, types, reactive and proactive types, that are congruent. Mm-hmm. And that's because they are identical twins. That says there's something there. But at the same token, giant... Identical twins aren't exactly replicas in their personalities. Right. What does that suggest? Well, Mm -hmm. that suggests either we make choices or we have subliminal influences that inform our choices. So I can make a choice to be just mad, Mm -hmm. and I just choose to be mad because I find that energizing. Right. Or I might just react angrily because in my lifetime I grew up in an environment where anger was the preferred modality of reaction. Exactly. That's not my story. I'm just using that as a hypothetical right, right. because everyone knows that I'm so mellow. Exactly. <laughs> but right. all that to say is there is the famous nature, my DNA, and nurture, my environment. Exactly. Well, because science hasn't been able to just exactly get us there, mm-hmm. let's go back to, well, the design book. Right. And when we come back uh, to our broadcast in a moment, Jay, I'm going to ask you to give us some verses out of the Bible that Mm -hmm. can help inform us as we wrestle with science too. It's fascinating stuff.
all right, Jay, if I'm trying to figure out, is there any destiny in my genes? That's really the question. I want to know. Right. Is there some kind of purpose or order in my genetic code that is going to define for me my destiny, my destination in life? Exactly. All right. There's a passage in the Old Testament, in the 139th Psalm, that's Mm -hmm. jaw-dropping. When we think about a creator Mm -hmm. who is designing us or making us, and the level of interest he has in what he's creating in us. What does the psalmist say in Psalm 139, beginning with verse 13? Jim, it says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Wow. (laughs) That sounds like a lot of destiny. Yes. That sounds like there's a creator who has created the Mm -hmm. psalmist and, by extension, each of us, because we could all say these words. Right. And there was a precise plan. There's a very hands-on God who is forming us. That's right. And and for me personally, when I read this and I think about the topic today and and the hard wiring and and what can be changed in temperament and what and what can't, I can I can go to scripture and see that it says every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out. So do I have a choice in my temperament? Can it change? But then I also know in other passages where God talks about redeeming what is lost or surrendering our heart and being renewed even more so in his image. And so there is a blend there. And I think that some of that hard wiring, when it suits me, I like to use as an excuse. <laughs> and when it, when God's calling me to surrender it to him uh, for the good, that gets a little bit more difficult for me. I think what the psalmist is describing is that God has a perfect plan for us. Yes. And that what we have in all of creation from the dawn of time is God's perfect design. But we must also acknowledge it's been corrupted by sin. And this whole story of the fall of humanity, the entrance of sin into the corruption of the human heart, corrupted the whole of creation. So in the study of DNA, which is actually the divine map What Francis Collins, who was the father or the leader, the kind of point man for the Human Genome Project, Francis Collins, uh, now the uh, director of the United States National Institutes of Health, I mean, a brilliant guy, that man says that the DNA is like the language of God. Mm. It is this map, but as God conceived it, it was perfect, and it was precise, and it was unique, but like all of creation has been corrupted. When I read this passage, I think about myself and think, wow, that's so inspiring. And then I think about my cousin, Robert Taylor. Robert was born with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. Did God really order that? Or was Robert's DNA compromised by this contest of sin and righteousness in our world? That's not to say that his parents were active players. I'm just saying that every part of creation, hurricanes and volcanoes and cancer right. and right. all of these broken places have not just a physical and material reality, those are outcomes of a spiritual reality that underpins them. And what I hear the psalmist here writing about is God's perfect design. And even in a broken world, there is a sense of God's sovereignty. He's going to turn it for the good. My cousin Robert lived a long, full life and honestly had a more 
divine spirit than most people who are mm-hmm. never touched by mm-hmm. downs right. could ever hope to have. God somehow turned that brokenness in Robert's life into a beautiful thing. And so it is for all of us who have some kind of genetic broken place, and all of us do. Some of us may have a Down syndrome broken place. Others may have a diabetic broken place. Others might be predisposed to Alzheimer's. I mean, all of us know we have some physical things that aren't working just exactly right. And some of it has to do, we think, science is still exploring, with some broken places in that genetic code. But temperament, personality, Mm. wow, is God weaving that into me? I think God created me with certain passions. How about you, Jay? Don't you think? You were created with certain passions, and ours may be different, but they are divinely wired. Right, right. They may be imperfect, and maybe some of my passions have been misdirected because I've been imperfect, but there's something in the core of my being that God made. And to every one of our listeners, you have to know this. God made you uniquely and fantastically and beautifully, and he's given you something to work with that is awesome, even though you may not have always handled it just right. Now, I I often say to those who are struggling in this area about not feeling um, that they are the way you just described, um, beautifully made, having things to offer, and it's this one part that that is so scary for everyone to offer up what they have to God first so that he can give that back in a way that reaffirms that for us. And, and I think that is what you were speaking to earlier. It's God did design things perfectly, but it has been corrupted. Our job is to give that back to him and trust him with what he can do with it um, as we move forward. So uh, that's well said. And that's a perfect bridge yeah. to our next segment when we come back, what to do with what we have. Yes. Take my life and let it be consecrated Lord to Thee Take my moments and my days Let them flow in ceaseless praise Take my hands and let them move At the impulse It shall be no law. 
Check this out, Jay, in Romans chapter 12. This is the New Testament. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Right there is just what you said before we took our break. Mm. Give our bodies, ourselves, to God Mm -hmm. as a living sacrifice and to surrender back to him what has been broken in this created order and give it back to him. Right. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but listen to this, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Mm. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Wow. Oh, <laughs> just let's pause right there. Yeah. What... The scripture is telling us not only did God weave us together in a fantastic way, and science is even saying that the, the wonder, the complexity, and the mystery of human DNA makes the mystery and complexity and wonder of the vast cosmos seem like child's play. Wow. There is something yeah. so magnificent and beyond human scope in the human DNA that makes all the rest of creation look almost like small stuff. Yeah that even though God has made us with that attention to detail, in this corrupted creation, we need to surrender it back to him so he can transform it by changing the way even we think, not Mm -hmm. just the way our bodies work, but how our personalities, how our proclivities and our predispositions can be reformed to their original perfect state. That's the promise of the gospel of Jesus, that we can be perfected until the day of Jesus Christ. Think about this, right. Philippians 1.16. I am confident, the scripture says, of this very thing, that he who began the good work in you, the one who was with you at the beginning and began the work of your redemption, will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. Until everything is made perfect again as it was in the beginning, I can be in a process of being perfected, being renewed and transformed. Mm. I can't use an excuse. Well, you know what? I was just wired Right. <laughs> to be an angry madman. Right. <laughs> Even though I might have some passion that God gave me to rise up and stand in the face of the devil himself 
angrily. Mm-hmm. I can't use that as an excuse to just blow steam and vent whenever I feel like it. That's true. There's some more in this passage in Romans 12. Tell us what it says beginning with verse 3. It says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think that you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of the one body, and we all belong to each other. Stop right there. Mm. So what we're reading is, if we will allow God to transform the way we think, we're going to see ourselves differently. Right. You know, I could be tempted to think I'm a little bit more than I am. Sure. And I might be tempted to think that I don't really need other people. Mm -hmm. I might be tempted to think I don't need others that the Lord has placed in my life. Mm -hmm. And yet we are all dependent in some way on this family that God has placed us in. And how we allow him to change us and perfect us so those relationships can complement and bless, encourage and breathe life into those who cross our path. This is the great ambition of Jesus in our lives. And it's why we want to say to you listening today, wherever you are, know this. You have been made by God. You have been made spectacularly by God. And you may think, well, I'm not as handsome or as beautiful as, or I'm not as talented or as skilled as, or I've not been as favored or as blessed as. Stop it. God has made you. He has made you wonderful. And the problem is that in this broken world, his design for us has been compromised. And he's inviting you to surrender your life into his hand so he can polish and renew and transform and make that original DNA what it needs to be. That's about your temperament. It's about how you think. Our present bodies are breaking down, but we're promised a new one that will have that perfect physical DNA. And in the meantime, we can have our souls and our minds refreshed and made new. Hmm. How did it get there? Well, start with a prayer. Yes, pray with us right now. God will hear. Just take a deep breath and pray. Our Father, we're so thankful, Lord, that you have made each of us, every one of us you have made. And you did not make us, Lord, with mistakes. At the same time, Lord, we understand that this created world has has compromised your perfect creation. And in so many ways, we can look around the world and see difficulties with storms and diseases and things that you did not invent. They're the consequence of sin corrupting the world, materially and spiritually. But we're so thankful, Lord, that you designed us perfectly and that you have sent your Son perfectly into the world to help us become perfect once more. Lord, we want to admit that we need your help. We can't fix our sin. We can't fix our failures. We cannot redeem our mistakes by ourselves. It takes a perfect Savior, Jesus, to do that. And having done that, we, Lord, just surrender our lives into his hands. We ask him to take on us, to transform the way we think, to change us and perfect us and breathe new life into us. Help us to see ourselves the way you see us, not as we see ourselves, but as you see us, that we might become what you have destined us to be. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for loving us first, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What to do next? Where do you go from here? Give us a call. Again, our number, 
1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439, please. Let us hear from you. I know, Jay, that some people don't want to call on the phone, though. Maybe too fast, too much. Right. But they could check us out online. Where would they go? They would go to www.cbhviewpoint.org. That's CBH Viewpoint, CBH Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are. CBHviewpoint.org. You can read about the ministry. You can also send us an email. We will reply. Or at the last, if you prefer, just write me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us up, check us out online, or use the post, please let us hear from you this week. Jay Harvey, thanks so much for being a part. Always glad to see you. Let me just tell you, uh, my mind is still spinning. I've got to get this DNA thing done and find out what's going on in my head. So, yeah, you have thank got you. so much to figure out, Jay. I know, <laughs> but you're on your way. But and thanks for, for having me. For all of you who've listened alongside today, too, we're so glad you've been with us, and we hope you'll be with us again next week. As always, here at CBH, we're trying to help you see your world from heaven's view, not mm. just how the world sees it, but from heaven's view. Until next week, then, for all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.